everyone, and welcome to another episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, where we were joined by none other than Lou Sanders, one of the funniest people I know. You'll know Lou from all sorts of TV stuff. She was on Taskmaster. She's been on QI many times. She's just a really, really, really funny person. We had such a good laugh with her making this show in the Soho Theatre last month. But what I really want to say, and what is very important, is that Lou has a brand new book out. The book is called What's That Lady Doing? It's a really, really great book about how um, she maybe used to be a little bit unhinged and now channels all that unhingedness into amazing comedy. It's so well written. I really highly recommend it. Uh, But one thing I should also say while we're talking about books is that Anna and I have written our own book. It's called Everything to Play For, the QI Book of Sport. It's for people who like sports. It's even for people who don't like sports, who just want to read a load of interesting stories and fun facts. I mean, it's from me and Anna. You know what you're going to get. And it comes out next Thursday. But the reason we wanted to mention it now is because if you go to Waterstones and you put in the offer code QISport23, then you will get 25 off and that is a deal for pre-order only so you need to do that before thursday if you want to get our book for a quarter off anyway more importantly really for this week is you must go and check out lou sanders book what's that lady doing that's available right now in all bookshops and all online places where you get your books hope you enjoy the show on with the podcast Welcome to another episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, a weekly podcast this week coming to you live from the Soho Theatre in London. My name is Dan Schreiber. I'm sitting here with James Harkin, Andrew Hunter-Murray and Lou Sanders. And once again, we have gathered around the microphones with our four favorite facts from the last seven days. And in no particular order, here we go. Starting with fact number one, and that is my fact. My fact this week is that names of registered competitive roller derby players include Skate Bush, (laughs) Venus Thytrap, Camille Toe, Alice in Wunderland, and Weird Al Spankabitch. <laughs> so, That's rude. Very rude, but this is, so this is the most fun naming convention I think I've ever discovered, which is the amazing sport of roller derby largely takes place in America. They have this huge registry of names where when you join, you almost get like a WWF wrestling name. Yeah. You pick it for yourself, you put it forward, and you get added to this big register. And then when you're out there, uh, that's who you are. That's who you embody. And it's, there's something like 40,000 names that have been put over various different lists over the years. And that's uh, so good. Yeah. The names are so good. It's a huge list, and you can waste a lot of time, <laughs> as I did. Um, so, HP Shovecraft, um, yeah. Roldemort, that's a good one. Um, uh, and some of them are just like pure on, uh, like there are some just violent ones. Affirmative Smaction, um, <laughs> Agatha Crushty, oh. Al Strapone. Um, <laughs> bit of a stretch. But, Strapon, um, I think they're going for there, are they? I think it's Al Capone, but with a strap on. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Um, there's also Adolf Glitter, Adolf Hitzer, Adolf Whistler, and Adol Hitter. Which <laughs> all, I think, flirting with the taste line. Um, yes. But yes. they are good. Flirting and winning. <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing spot, isn't it? It's mostly women who do it. In fact, it's almost exclusively women. Fine, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it. You're not roller derby, but you're a roller skater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, do, I know some roller derby um, people, yeah. And do you have a name? Uh, oh, what do we call uh, Lou. Uh, loose ends, loose oh, ends, good. loose ends. Because if you a skating term is to send it, loose yeah. ends. I've, I actually found roller derby names for each of us. Just oh, going oh, through the database. Yeah. So for you, Lou, there is Lou Brickent and <laughs> what? Lose Your Daddy. Uh, yeah. Lose Your Daddy's lovely. Um, there's Andy Clockwise, James Bondage, and. <laughs> Uh, do you know what they do in roller derby? Do you think it's bondage? No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In his fantasy, it's a little bit different. And <laughs> uh, Dan Halen or Dan Sin Queen. Which Dan is Halen. Good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so, yeah. 
Um, but the spot is basically you, you roller skate around the rink, right? And you've got one person who's kind of in charge um, and who you're trying to protect while the other team are trying to get them, basically. It's yeah. like that kind of thing, isn't it? Uh, and it started off, the whole sport started off as endurance races. So in the 1880s, there was this huge thing in America, I think we might have mentioned it before, of women doing six-day races um, where they would just walk and walk and walk and walk again and again and again until basically there was one person left. It would just keep walking, keep walking. And then they started to do, to do it on roller skates. And what they found is that some of the people who were faster would get round the circuit and they'd start overtaking people. And then the people who were being overtaken would really hate it. And so they start knocking them over. Right. And they found that people really? enjoyed that way more than they enjoyed the rest <laughs> yeah. of it. They didn't really quite like people just going round in circles loads and loads of times, but they loved it when people beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can see why, though, because the very first one that they did... Um, this is this is what you would come and watch. People skating, roller skating around a ring, fifty-seven thousand times. Yeah. The idea was that they were going across America. That's the thing. They'd worked yeah. out how many times around the thing was to get from New York to LA or whatever. And they'd so they'd stop for breaks, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, not yeah, much. Yeah, you wouldn't stop for much breaks. You stop for just like twenty minutes here or there. And you go 24 yeah. hours just with the occasional uh, just stopping for the odd I think nap. it's a lot more fun now. They're sort of bashing each other out the way. Have you done that? Have you tried no, that? No, but so many people have told me. So basically, it's quite aggressive sport. Like, my friends do it, and it's like you end up with a lot of breakages and stuff, and it's often, like, big uh, units that do it. And um, <laughs> so many people have told me that I'd be really good at it. <laughs> 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 so many people, you should uh, do that. Do you know what your friends... Do your friends have particular names that... Yeah, but I can't remember any of them. But I did write... I only wrote down two. Uh, C unit, but the I is very small. So C it's unit. unit. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Captain Beaver. And I thought... <laughs> Sounds like my love life. <laughs> I was um, chatting to someone called uh, Lynn Quinn, who was England captain. Hang on, is that a joke name? Or it's that's... not, it's real. It's okay. her real name. What's say the name again? Uh, Lynn Quinn. Oh, okay, Lynn Quinn. I, thought, uh, I did think you said Lynn Quim, and that's why I questioned <laughs> Lynn Quinn. That might have been her fake name. No, her fake name was Shaolin Scarlet, and she was a captain of the England team in the World Cups in 2014 and 2016. Mm. And I was asking her about how it works, and she said it's lots of teamwork, it's really, really important, the teamwork. And when they came up with a new tactic, they all get matching tattoos of their tactic. Of did. That's pretty hardcore, well, isn't we it? we do that with our facts, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever, yeah. We are absolutely coated, head to toe. They've had to make the font smaller and smaller as the years go by because they keep thinking we'll stop, but we won't. Um, have you got any tattoos? Uh, have a guess. No. <laughs> I'll never tell. Uh, <laughs> Andy, this is a podcast. You can say what you want. Oh, yeah. I got, I got 16 huge ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, got all the lingo. Oh, 16 yeah. big ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you walked into the tattoo place and said, give me 16 big ones. I don't mind what they're off as long as they're big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is another one. Oh, very nice. I thought that was your tattoo. <laughs> Tupac Shank Her. That's clever. Oh, that's good, yeah. Twat rocket. Don't quite get... <laughs> I think that one's so clever. Love <laughs> um, the events as well. Night of the Rolling Dead. Noctoberfest. Spanksgiving. <laughs> Seasons beatings. Okay. They're great. But the, there were these big mass events earlier, like even in the 19th century, before they started doing proper skating, uh, before these sort of like formal events. So in 1884, there was a guy called Victor Clough, who skated 100 miles in 10 hours, uh, like, in a, around a course, uh, which is very impressive. And then in 1885, there was a six-day event where they had 36 skaters, again, roller skates, competing. And then soon after that, the winner of the race, who was a guy called William Donovan, and another competitor, died. Ooh. Yeah, and they said, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this for 10 hours a day all the time because <laughs> people just weren't up to it and they just kept going. I was reading about the walking version that came before the skating mm. and this was, like I said, it was women doing this for six days at a time and it became so popular that there was one stage, I can't remember where it was, but there was a load of kids went missing in an area and everyone thought, oh, shit, all these kids have gone missing. And what they found is they were in a warehouse and they'd started their own event of walking around in circles for days on end. Whoa. And they just were trying to copy what these women were doing and were like, yeah, let's do it ourselves. And they'd been walking around in circles for three days when they were found. God. Uh, I thought that was going to take a darker turn. <laughs> 
I thought it was going to be like a, a roller skating Pied Piper situation where the Pied Piper had skated I through thought, the town and all the children I had thought, danced. Yeah, well, we I, thought yeah. it's a Jimmy Saffle yeah. direction. I didn't think that. Um, did you hear of Rinkomania? No, what's that? This is the Edwardian craze for rinks, skating rinks. Loads of venues around everywhere used to be rinks that are now converted. Just because yeah. it was so crazily popular. Basically because you could meet the opposite sex. That was the, you're a bit less chaperoned, you're able to skate away yeah. from your chaperone. You I know, chat, read one you know. article saying Mother Grundy dare not trust herself on skates, uh, which meant that some, you know, older person isn't going to be watching you and making sure what you're doing with the other, exactly. the opposite sex. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. My wife started, I can't believe, I've just thought of this just now. But my wife decided to start roller skating. Oh, yeah. And her skate instructor is very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> What's her uh, street name? Um, ooh, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, I don't want to say anything that will mean I can't go home tonight because she's here. <laughs> um, so, but here's the thing, right? So she bought a pair of roller skates. She hasn't done it since she was a teenager. And we're leaving the house and she starts putting them on. And I said, what are you doing? And she was like, I'm just going to go and do it now. And I was like, you've got to test it out in a park. We're on a main road here and you're going on your own with our child in a buggy. Yeah. Wilf was like only a few months, like, you know, nine months old or something mm. like that. So I said, listen, I better come with you. And she was insistent that she does it. So she put the roller skates on. <laughs> she took the buggy outside. And you live at the top of a very steep hill, don't we you? Do, yeah. We do have a bit of an incline. And you on go the everywhere by unicycle as well, <laughs> don't you? <Pam? laughs> so I close the door, and all I hear is, <laughs> and I turn around and Fenella and the buggy have just gone off and no. she can't and she can't stop because she doesn't know how to use the brake on the back and I have to chase them down the road as they're heading to oncoming traffic coming oh, on the oh, other yeah, there's next. two guys with a gla uh, some glass going across the road wow yeah. I, I love that spirit though yeah <laughs> that's, that's amazing brilliant. oh God, can I ask you have you seen Roller Limbo no this what's is that amazing okay so it is it is literally as it sounds it's limbo on roller skates and you oh yes yes you have you think you know what it is and you're wrong oh. so no no okay oh. and like it's you so what you're imagining maybe is someone skating towards and then bending yes. backwards that's right? what i'm imagining yeah it's not how you do it you basically you it's so hard to describe because i'm behind a desk but basically you your legs go out to the sides you go down into the split i'll be you're, honest andy i don't think the fact there's a desk here is what makes that difficult for you to make <laughs> only, i so wish i could show you all um, well we have got some skates for you <laughs> so you're doing the sideways split. So you're doing sideways splits but yeah. you're moving forwards and you're holding onto your your, yeah, your calves yeah. i know and you're going under these bars which are about I don't know, 20 centimetres high? And um, you're so low as you head for... It's, you've got to look it up. It is so wow. good. Yeah, it's also, the most amazing thing. Those people need to grow up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the competitors are mostly children, so... <laughs> They're good on them. <laughs> uh, have you heard of Jean-Yves Blondeau? So Jean-Yves Blondeau has invented a new suit uh, made of plastic that has 30 roller skates attached to it in all different parts of his body. So wherever he, if he falls over on his back, he can roller skate. If he falls on his front, he can roller skate. Oh, if he falls on his head, he can roller skate. He can walk <laughs> along the wall and roller skate along the wall as he's going. He can't, Mike. He can. There's really? videos on YouTube. Wow. As he does it. Is he using it as powers for good or for evil? <laughs> <laughs> I would say neither good nor evil. He's just using them for more hits on YouTube. Can he do it on his head? That's incredible. Yeah, the head one, I probably maybe, maybe exaggerate. Head, a little but bit. Like, but yeah, he could do in theory, yeah. Uh, and he basically goes down all these really big hills around the world Whoa. as quickly as he can really? on, his, on his suits. How does he stop? Does he have a break on, like, one, like his elbows or something? You know what? I'm not sure. He must have some breaks. He's just yeah. still going somewhere, right? <laughs> Eventually, he we'll gets to the bottom yeah, of the hill. No, you don't need to stop. Like, the reason yeah. you stop yourself is in case you fall over. He's already fallen over. Yeah. <laughs> No, but you, you don't need to stop. There's a big wall there. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He could just go up the wall and then on the side yeah. and then on his head and stuff. He it's cannot amazing. be stopped. He should be stopped. He should be stopped. <laughs> uh, he also has one of his suits, which these ones you can buy, these 30 ones. I Get don't know out. how much they are, how but much? they are yeah. available. But he does have one suit, which isn't for sale, which also features samurai blades and spike horns. Oh, my God. What is that useful for? Probably evil, I reckon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I give him six years life expectancy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I, uh, I need wonderful. to move us on very soon. I've got a oh. couple of other names that I found. So I, here's the thing. There's a lot of 
extremely rude names on this registry. Mm. Um, and it's it's done in a kind of empowering way. I think it's sort of, you know, it's exciting to have these real badass names. But God damn it, they really go for it. So uh, some of them I discovered. Bitch Hiker is one. Okay. Vagina Mite. Oh, wow. Is that, that like Marmite? Yeah. It's, yeah, you love it or you hate it. <laughs> it's some kind of yeast extract, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh my God. Well, this isn't what I expected from this podcast. <laughs> It is time for fact number two, and that is Lou. Okay, my fact this week is that the TikTok singer who went viral with the sea shanty is unable to perform his song on boats because he suffers from terrible seasickness. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ironic. <laughs> That's it's quite what that sweet is. as well. It's lame. <laughs> no, it is sweet. It is sweet, actually. It was an amazing thing, wasn't it? He basically, it was 2021, he suddenly releases this... Uh, sea shanty called Wellerman, and it went to number one, which yeah. is yeah, it went to number one in the UK yeah, charts. Um, it it's a song about a whale trawler, and they're looking for a whale. And this was 2021, so you would think by now maybe it's died down a bit. But I went onto his Spotify listens; he still, as of today, gets five million listens a month on his Spotify really? account. That's the same as Tom Jones. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not unusual then. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shake your head at your own. That was really good. Um, it's not even a, a sea shanty, is it? Well, no, I mean, not really. No, no. isn't it? No, it isn't. None of is these it are. It's a river shanty. What is it? It's um, it's just a song. <laughs> <laughs> a sea shanty has to be something that you sing when you're working. So, mm. like, drunken sailor is like, what would you do with a drunken sailor? You're pulling the rope and you're bringing. But if in the he's getting a record deal, he's working sort of on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, you got me there. Checkmate, Harkin. <laughs> but that really, is the cool yeah. thing about sea shanties, like the old sea shanties, is that because on a, a vessel you only had a very skeleton crew that had to do multiple things, the song is the beat of allowing you to know how yeah. we all work as a group. Yeah. So the, the rhythm of it, the lyrics of it, would mean you have to pull at that moment and pull at this or whatever, place this mm. and whatever. Um, so people often see it done on, like, Navy ships. It never really would have happened on Navy ships because they had so much crew, you didn't need this they multitasking. They were banned. The, the UK Navy, they banned sea shanties because right. you wouldn't be able to hear commands if you're singing to much you want but you're having a laugh yeah <laughs> so it's like merchant ships merchant navies, when yeah. whaling ships and things like that there were, and there were specific songs for different things you were doing on board so there was hauling shanties running shanties pump shanties swabbing shanties capstan shanties capstan is that thing you turn around in the middle of the ship that pulls the anchor up oh yeah and all ah. these had their own songs related that's pretty to cool yeah, i love it but it's um, been like that song that he sang it's not like it's an obscure song that's not been around for ages it's a it's one of like the better known sea songs and uh, you can read a list of places it's appeared so it was in 2013 it was on the album now that's what i call sea shanties no. volume one no. um yeah yeah i found that no. did you find the volume two yeah i, I did uh, no yeah it's on spotify not as many listens as Tom Jones, um, really? but it's doing okay. To be fair, it's a great title, and it's not multiple different sea shanty acts. It's just uh, the one band from oh, Wellington in New Zealand uh, called Wellington Sea Shanties Society. But there is a whole genre. And how did they get that name? <laughs> <laughs> there is a whole like um, kind of niche genre of pirate metal, and they sing <laughs> they sing Wellerman as well. This song it's a, a Scottish band called Ale Storm and Stormseeker. They've they've been known to sing this song, so it's been around. So how come he gets all the money for it then? Just because he made it popular. It's a traditional song, and so traditional songs. I don't think there's any copyright over. I, I'm not mm. sure if that's right. I think that, yeah, that's yeah, what's right. right. I think you do get royalties, but you have to bury them uh, on a remote <laughs> island. That's quite a pain in the ass, actually. Um, Okay, here's a little quiz question for you. When did the last actual proper shantyman, not like modern singers, uh, when did the last proper shantyman die? Oh. Oh, well, I would have thought probably 18th century. Okay, any advance on 92, 1992. 1992? Okay. Good guess. Yeah, uh, 1993. <laughs> um, We're just having a laugh. Well, Lou, you're correct, because he died in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
not joking. <laughs> I was, as you said it, I was like, keep the poker face, keep like, don't give away shit. She's wow. got it. Yeah, I didn't that's look at insane. His notes or anything. He was a guy called Stanley Hugill. Yeah, and he I knew was, that. Yeah. <laughs> he was born in 1906. He was at sea in 1922 when the, at He's the age got of 16. To be. Yeah, and then he was the shantyman on the last ever British sailing ship, which was called the Garthpool. And uh, that was on its last voyage, and that ship was wrecked in 1929. And he lived his whole life. He was in the Second World War. He settled down. He, you know, he wrote down all his shanties because like they're oral tradition, aren't they? Like there wasn't a proper songbook. Wow. And he died in 1992. Wow. Yeah. What a I, life. I, 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 and no, you won't like this, but um, this is not really your sort of bag. But um, I do think I'm a bit psychic. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? You're sitting right next to the person who absolutely loves hearing that kind of stuff. Why, why, why do you think you're psychic? You think you pulled that out of Andy's head just now? Yeah, basically. And I'm very emotionally intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't even believe in UFOs, so I'm not going to continue. I said that to you in private backstage. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He said, he said he doesn't believe in UFOs and he hates women. <laughs> Those things is true. He's a, lo- he's a lovely lad. Oh dear. Oh wow. Uh, just joking. Um, punishment? Anyone? I think. Yeah, I think <laughs> actually, kind of feel like I've had enough. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is to do with music and the army. So uh, corporal punishment in the British army was often meted out by drummers and bands people. You were the drum. In a way. I suppose in a way you were. If the oh. cat of nine tails is the drumstick. Oh, so it was like rhythm. Well, no, it wasn't so much that. It was probably the re- there was two possible reasons. One that other musicians would play music and it would drown out the screams of the person being mm-hmm. punished, but probably because just the people who were drummers or in the band they were not proper sailors. And so they were like the lowest of the low of the, as far as, you know, who's the most senior. And so the idea was, if you were a sailor, you wouldn't want to be meeting out punishment to your, to your peers. And so maybe you would get the person at the bottom to do it. And that apparently is where we get the idea of being drummed out. So being drummed out of the army is because it was the drummer who would do the, do the beating. That's so they're actually cool. beating you. Yeah, with the cat and nine tails, oh, like a, a whip. Okay, okay, okay. That was recruited. And do you do know it. what a boy's pussy is? So, <laughs> it's a former champion roller derby um, <laughs> winner. Um, no, just on topic, it was um, a cat and nine tails, but for younger recruits. So, if you're a young person who joined the army, oh. you weren't of age, perhaps, they would have a. Like a cat of nine tails would have nine like whips on it and there would be knots on it, but yours would only have five and it'd be made of smooth cord. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Yeah, boy's pussy. Crikey. Um, have you ever heard the sea shanty, come all ye tongues? No. <laughs> sing it. It's good. I can't sing it. <laughs> Is it the but same it's... as come all ye faithful? The... It's about the tongues were the, the guys on board ship who collected stray intestines of whales floating around... Wow. Yeah. I think okay. in uh, Wellerman he says, we'll get the tonguing done or something like yeah, that, doesn't he? Does, he? he does, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the, what that means. That's what that means, oh. yeah. That's very cool. Not a lovely job. I got, I got a fact about whales singing, actual <laughs> whales oh, uh, yeah. and whale songs. So I love this. Okay, whale song spreads like human songs. So the scientists found there was a, basically there was a hit whale song among humpback whales in the west coast of Australia. It was only found there, but then several months later, they heard that same song on the east coast. Right. And this happens in the Atlantic too, and basically hit whale songs make their way from west to east. So you will get whales in the east which are still singing the old songs, but the whales in the west have have a new song by now, and it gradually spreads across, and it's always west to east, and we don't know why. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. Just imagine, like, the radar listening... It's not unusual. He's got to get those Spotify numbers from somewhere. Um, uh, this is a cool thing. There's seasickness we're talking about, but there's other kinds of sickness that you can get. Motion sickness. Seasickness is one of the motion sicknesses. Love right? sickness. We don't know who he the person. Cool. Love sickness. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, go. What is that I a thought, thing? I thought you were wanting us to join in with more kinds of sickness. Is that a sickness? Yeah, it was. Is love sickness not a thing? Look, look this lucky guy. <laughs> 
There was um, it, it was a proper thing in the 19th century, wasn't it? Love sickness. Yeah, right. And they thought that it meant you if you had like a pallid expression and um, like just deep sunk eyes and stuff, that's because you were lovesick. It was right. supposed to be a thing. Yeah. Okay, so with all the sicknesses, it's probably impossible to ever say this was the first person who ever had seasickness. This is the first person who had love sickness, right? But we do know the person who had the first sickness of one kind. So I'll give you the name. He's called German Titov. What did Titov have okay. a sickness? Herpes. <laughs> Herpes sickness. Titov, presumably space race. There we go. What? Yeah. What? Space sickness? First person to ever have space How'd sickness. How do you know that? I feel I'm a bit psychic. <laughs> <laughs> it could be all the Russian history I've read, but I think it's a psychic psychicness. <laughs> so Titov, he was... <laughs> Livid. <laughs> wow. I can't read mine yet. I know what you're thinking right now. <laughs> You're saying that because you've read it, you're not psychic, but I've never read a book in my life. <laughs> so how do you explain that? You've written one, yeah. Yeah, I've written yeah. one. Uh, so 1961, August, German Titov is the, um, I think, the fourth human, certainly one of the first batches of humans to go up and orbit the Earth. Mm. And he's the first person who up there gets motion, well, space sickness and vomits, the first ever human to vomit oh, in really? space. And um, so a landmark thing, and it affects so many people, so many astronauts who go up there, and it's for the opposite reason that you might get seasickness or any kind of motion sickness on Earth. You have an opposite effect, right? I don't know the, I don't know the proper science, but to like put it in context, if you were in a car and you were reading your phone or a book, you might get motion sickness because you're, what you're staring at is counter to everything else that is in your normal life. Like there's movement around you, you're trying to keep that Yeah, still. exactly. Yeah, okay. In space, to get rid of everything moving around because of the lack of gravity, you should read a book and to, to get yourself... My so book is now available for all good bookshops. <laughs> it's called What's That Lady Doing Full Starts and Happy Endings. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, and have, uh, have NASA expressed any interest, Lou? In... They've not not expressed interest. <laughs> but, so here's the thing: they were very worried when it happened to him because he came back down to Earth, and was was space sickness something that's going to carry through on into life? And then suddenly oh, they yeah. noticed huge changes in his personality. He suddenly was sort of like uh, sleeping around with different women. He was being really rowdy in bars. He was like all these different personality traits. And they thought, God, the space sickness has come down. So they studied him. Hang on, what did they... my dad go up to space? <laughs> <laughs> That's the missing chapter in your book, isn't it? But here's what they worked out. It wasn't space sickness. It's just he was a dickhead. <laughs> All right, cool. We need to move on to our next fact. It is time for fact number three, and that is Andy. My fact is that the people of Iceland can think of a good use for 95% of a cod. <laughs> so this is a fact about recycling. Um, <laughs> specifically... Do we know, can you tell us what part of a cod they're yeah, I'm thinking struggling that's with? Stubborn, that stubborn last few percent. Basically, the blood and the eyeballs are quite hard to... Oh. Uh, monetize and make, you know, you properly I've use always said that. I've always said <laughs> <laughs> Blood and the eyeballs are hard to monetize. We have said that the aqueous humour in the eye can be drunk in an emergency. Yes, it's just hard to monetize. Yeah, it's hard to... Monetize emergencies. Yeah, and, and like, well, there is a use for the blood as well. It can be used in sausages but, um, <laughs> or as fish food, but it's hard to get fishermen yeah, to I collect the mean. blood yeah, yeah. from the... Anyway, basically, this is, a, this is from a, a magazine called Hakai Magazine, which we've mentioned before. It's Anna's great. Favorite. Anna's favourite. Anna's favourite magazine. magazine. It's all about the sea and everything nautical and all about water basically and Iceland catch loads of cod and they're, they, have, they didn't use much of it until recently they used 40% of the cod in the early 2000s nightmare lots of waste yeah. you know you're using the yeah. fillets you're eating the meat but not really using it properly so there is a project called 100% Fish which aims to put all of the cod caught to good use, you know, just, just use the whole thing, which is much more sensible. So the skin, if you've, been, if you've had a burn, the skin can be grafted onto people now. So there are people who are part cod because no. they've got... Yeah, really? and you can see the imprint of the scales as well. But it's a really good thing for skin grafts. Like, it's really... It's really thousands of people are, have been treated with cod skin. Would it make you swim faster? No. 
What? No, no. absolutely not. Why not? Why no, not? not even You're recovering from a major operation. You've been through hell. <laughs> Suddenly, there's Dr. Harkin at the door saying, in your speedos, come on. But what I'm thinking is, you could, is there not a way in the Olympics, the next Olympics, we put this cut skin on all of our swimmers? Yeah. No? You're right. Well, maybe it would. Maybe it would work. I, that's a good point. I don't know. It but then might... you retire like age 27 and you're just covered in cold for the rest of your life. <laughs> smelling of fish. No one wants to hang out with you. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It Tom might... Scaly. Yeah? <laughs> Tom Scaly. Do you get it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a guy called Tom Daly. Daly yeah. And he's got... Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you get it? Tom Daly. Yeah. And then put the, fi- the cods on yeah. him and it's he Tom He dives, Scaly. though, which would presumably be a nightmare if he was plunging downwards and then just... Like hit the bottom at torpedo yeah. speed. No suits for Tom Scaly. Yeah. Anyway, okay. um, yeah. some uses of a cod. Oh yeah. yeah. So if you are a professional fisher person, and when I say professional, I mean you're doing it in competitions. So you're seeing who can catch the biggest fish. Yeah. The way that they tell which fish is the best is they weigh it. Now some people will put some like metal or something inside the fish to weigh it down. Now. What if you bought some cod on the way and you shoved it inside your fish? They'll never find it because it's fish inside fish. Amazing. And that's what happens. Um, There's this big scandal in fishing which people have been (laughs) buying fillets of cod and shoving them inside their fishes to make them heavier. That's disgusting. That's so disgusting. It's, It's true. And there was a notorious case really recently last year which was uncovered by a judge called Jason Fisher. Brilliant. Wow. How desperate really? do you have to be to win an angling competition yeah. that you're busy shoving cod up another fish's ass? Like, what is the. <laughs> you must have a look at your life then and think, I've lost my priorities. I'd go, <laughs> I'd go down the mouth. Would you? I probably would, yeah. As opposed to the, the arts, quite small yeah. opening. Which is more plausible? <laughs> Which is more fun, you know? Got to get some fun out of it. God, that's really clever. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? That is really clever. Great. By the way, how many it's of amazing. us on this stage have been to Iceland? I haven't. I know you have. I've been a few times. Yeah, have, yeah, you yeah. went. You did a TV thing there, didn't you? Mm. What was it? Dangerous Roads. And it is good to go to Iceland when someone else is paying for it because it's so expensive. Is it really? Yeah, it's so expensive. I was like, this is really good. Oh, okay. I'll have another sandwich. <laughs> yeah. What great. did you see? Like what? Oh it's... yeah, I suppose it wasn't about the sandwiches. Um, <laughs> saw Ed Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know a fact about Iceland? Everyone's loads of people are called Daddy, so it's my heaven. <laughs> Because that's the name of Dave. That's Dave. They're called da- If your name's Dave in England, it'd be called Daddy in Iceland. Wow. Chaz and Daddy. Yeah. So, so our fixer was called Daddy, so we had to keep saying, Daddy, Daddy. Wow. <laughs> good fun. So in Iceland, you're like, they're like, oh my God, the winner from Taskmaster, from Daddy, Channel Daddy. <laughs> yeah, Channel yeah, Daddy. Yeah, Channel Daddy. Who's on there. Channel Daddy? Wow. Dave. Oh, I've just understood that. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, it's on Channel 4, isn't it? No, got it. <laughs> it got oh, by sorry. Day. No, yeah, it did get bought by Series day. 8 yeah, yeah, when you yeah, were yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. Which is there more of in Iceland? Rabbits or rabbis? Ooh. Oh, that's good. Rabbis. Well, you're saying rabbis? I think so. Audience have pitched in with a vote for rabbis, okay. <laughs> Uh, well, rabbits. Rabbits, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I would say probably a lot of countries don't have any rabbits, so I'll say Ooh. rabbis. Uh, one rabbi, no rabbits. You're half right. They've got loads of rabbits and only one rabbi. Ah. I know. I know a Nightmare. really good fact about Iceland. Here we go. <laughs> They've got a dating app because, because it's such a small country, everyone's sort of near, related. So you could sleep with someone in the pub and it could be your first cousin. And oh so they've got God. a dating app, which... <laughs> this is true. I don't know why everyone's looking at me like this. And they've got, a, they've got a dating app where you can tell how far removed the person you've just got off with is. Wait, 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 wait. Don't you do it before? Yeah, maybe, maybe do it before. <laughs> but it's maybe not like they're going to turn the lights on and you're like, Daddy! <laughs> <laughs> So they don't know, like, you don't know all your cousins or whatever. No. But because so many people are related and it's caused problems uh, with babies coming out odd and stuff, <laughs> that someone developed this dating app so you can tell. Wow, that's mm. amazing. But imagine if you were in the throes of passion and you're like, oh, God, I've just turned the app, maybe. Oh, no, maybe I won't bother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Iceland is home to the hottest hole on the planet. The hottest hole. hole. 
literally the hottest hole. Okay. It's a geothermal hole. It's the Iceland Deep Drilling Project. Mm. And it's 5,000 degrees Celsius at the bottom. It's really hot. I think I've been there. I really resist. You've been there? I think I have. I think so. I think there's a big factory on top of it where you can go visit. That's very cool. Yeah. And basically, the pressure is too hot. You put water down there and it becomes something called supercritical, which I do not fully understand. But it's basically neither liquid nor gas. Mm. Don't know what it is. Um, Solid? (laughs) (laughs) It's ice. If you heat water up enough, it becomes ice again. Uh, Very new science. Yeah. (laughs) It's so useful because they use it to heat everything. They can have under-pavement heating from the geothermal heat, so people don't don't fall over on the ice because obviously it gets really icy, but you don't slip over and fall, so it's very But they use it for so much, don't they? Like like, Most of the houses that the hot water comes literally from... From the core of our earth, like wow. it's, cool. it's heated by geothermal. <laughs> Not literally, from the core of our earth. Uh, yeah. We can edit out the literally from my word there, but no. But it's like yeah, they, yeah, 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 they, they got around problems oh, of yeah. Cool. But of what about energy. that dating app? <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever spoken about the day that all the women went on strike? In Iceland, I think, I think so. we have. 1975. <laughs> basically, there was a there was a thing. The United Nations proclaimed it uh, Women's Year, and basically, the women of Iceland got together uh, this this group of women as a sort of representative and went, "We should go on strike and make a point about the fact that we're paid less. We should make a point about we're doing all the domestic stuff at home. We're doing all this stuff. Let's let's really let them know that this is something that we disagree with." And Iceland back then, in 1975, there's uh, 200,000 people that live in Iceland. 25,000 women were at one single event to hear the speeches that were in the lead-up to this. And um, so instead of calling a strike, they thought we might piss off too many people and it won't happen. So they said, could we have a day off? And they went, oh, a day off sounds nice. Yeah, have a day off, have a day off. So every woman in Iceland had a day off and the country went into chaos. (laughs) Supermarkets sold out of sausages because dads didn't know what to cook their kids. (laughs) Everyone was working jobs that they didn't necessarily knew how to do because they thought they were at a higher level and they were suddenly having to be the teller at a bank rather than the bank manager at a bank kind of thing. The men refer to it still, the long Friday, because (laughs) it was such a nightmare. Yeah. Oh hey, I need um, to move us on to our final fact of the show. Can yeah. I tell you one last thing? Yeah, this is something that happened to an American visitor to Iceland in 2016. He was called Noel Santillan. He was on holiday, and uh, he arrived, hired his car. He wanted to go to Laugavegur Street. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. 45 minutes from the airport. Thought, no problem. He misspelled it by one letter, and Iceland Satnav sent him six hours, 265 miles away, to a tiny fishing village. On the, so, like, he got there... Bloody hell. He, but the people were very friendly and they like, oh, yeah. what a funny mistake to make. Oh, well, he stayed there for a few days, like making friends. Oh, it's the funny American. On the way back, he was trying to get to the Blue Lagoon Geothermal Spa. It happened again. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up in the coastal town, which is home to the office of the company which owns the spa. So he just ended up in an office building. He literally, <laughs> he walked into a staff meeting rather than... In the, and they said, ah, you must be the American. <laughs> I need to move us on to our final fact of the show, and that is James. Okay, my fact this week is that there is an app that can tell you when your fly is down. just useful isn't it Um, it's the work of a guy called Guy Dupont who is a YouTuber and a hacker and he's invented (laughs) loads of things he's invented like um, a baby monitor which uh, vibrates when the baby cries so it's more accessible Uh, he hacked his fridge so it tells him when he accidentally leaves it open Uh, but this is his by far his most useful invention it's a pair of smart pants (laughs) and whenever you your fly has been down for a let's say 30 seconds or maybe a bit longer, maybe a minute or two, then you'll get a beep on your phone saying your fly's low. You need to look at it now. Is, is it called the Wi-Fly? It's called the Wi-Fly. Yeah. <laughs> ah, beautiful. It's really good. I read an article about it, James. It did sound like there are a couple of disadvantages. Yeah. Um, I like to walk around with my flies undone, for example. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Um, 
It's uh, it's constantly monitoring, so your phone battery lasts about half an hour while you're using <laughs> yeah. it. Also, oh, yeah. you can't wash the jeans anymore because there are powerful magnets inside the zip. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it's teething trouble. Yeah, we just like, need to iron those out. I yeah. do, what's the problem with your flies? It's not that big a thing that you'd. Would you ever get an app just to tell? I mean, who cares? Like someone, you, someone will tell you, right? Yeah, I guess Maybe. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, someone somewhere. will go. Sort that out. If you're somewhere quite busy, if you're somewhere quite like urban, though, often yeah. people don't tell you because people talk if to you're each other, pr- like like you're strangers. Yeah. If, if you're, you're a primary a co- school yeah. teacher, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but just day to day. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do see that. Uh, but yeah, like you say, because you can't wash it, that's going to be a problem. And it reminds me of they did make some robotic trousers for old people. Do you remember uh, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they were really good. They were, obviously, they wanted to stop old people from falling over. So they made this kind of exoskeleton, which would help them to walk. <laughs> and it was absolutely brilliant. It worked really well. But the problem was that you couldn't wash them and they couldn't stop the old people from trying to wash them. No matter what they said to them, they it's just kept putting them in the washing machine. They're often shitting themselves. <laughs> We're really living in a sort of golden, unrecognised, I would say, golden age of innovation in the app world. So uh, one that I found is Airbnb. So like Airbnb, but Airbnb is for people who hate public toilets and there are people in the local area who've put their apartment listed just as the toilet. (laughs) So you can go and you can just, like, it's like me being at home and someone knocking on the door and go, oh, we got an Airbnb appointment and they come in and take a piss in my toilet and then head off no. and, and we give each other a review. And you give I each other, what's the review? <laughs> I think that is run by perverts. <laughs> it's got to be. As a woman, there's no way you go to a stranger's house to use the toilet. I don't think so. No, good point. Not uh, even if they were like 4.9 stars. <laughs> I've never killed anyone. <laughs> oh, pop in. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, no, that's a really good point. I think it's more the ideas that I find uh, yeah. interesting than the practicality of it. Yeah. Have you put your home on Airbnb? No, not, not yet. But it, it was my... Because it, it was my dream. I, I had a... I, well, I was, I was in a bit of London once. It was near a park and there were no toilets around. And yeah. I thought, you know what I should do? I should just open up a toilet. And I'll sit in there like I'm the like I'm Ted dancing in Cheers, and people will come in and they'll have a pee and we'll chat and then they'll go out. I'll charge them I don't know twenty quid a piss or something like that. Well, but, they're getting a good chat, aren't they? Yeah, That's the exactly. Thing. It's worth twenty a chat quid. Who would pay twenty quid to have a brief chat with you and then a piss? Yep. <laughs> I mean, you, you've invented the public toilet there. I don't think you can no, say you've no, invented no, that. No, 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 because that's dirty and disgusting. The public toilet. And there might be people in there who are naughty. And so this I is... Point at me when you say that. Oh, I was, I was re- referring back oh, to your right, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this would be guaranteed uh, a high-class... No one ever opens it. No one ever... No, exactly. Nobody ever opens a public toilet saying, well, in two weeks, this is going to be a disgraceful... <laughs> no, no, also, also, no one opens a toilet thinking, God, what I've got to do in there. I could do with a chat. <laughs> Have you heard of the app Car Matey? Uh, no. Yes. It tells you where your car is, but in a pirate voice. <laughs> Oh, cool. That's nice. Good app. Well, have you, have you heard of Wakey? Yes, because I've written those two down as well. Oh, good, good, good. Give it to us. Give it to us. What's, well, what's Wakey? If you struggle to get out of bed in the morning, someone will call you as an alarm, a stranger, and you can call other people to wake them up as well. So, That's nice. That's yeah, yeah, so it's an yeah. alarm clock. It's like it's a call. You pick it up, and it might be just like a fisherman in Iceland going, hi, how's it going? And that's your, yeah. your wake-up call. They, I think they've now removed the waking up bit. It's now just random calls with, oh, right. with strangers. So yeah. if I go to a public toilet, might someone chat to me while I'm there? Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking. I'm wakey? I'm wakey, yeah. That's wanky, I think. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> a very God. different app. <laughs> There's a few other apps which I think is re- really cool. So uh, there's an app that can blow out candles. What? Yeah, isn't that really cool? So it's called the Blower app, and it's a... Um... You must have been disappointed when you downloaded that. Yeah. <laughs> Your mum designed it. <laughs> it's basically... It's an extraordinary kind of innovation where certain frequencies are generated by the app... That means that the phone itself shakes in such a way, and where there are the holes for the speakers, it turns the air that's inside into being propelled out strong enough that it can blow out a candle. Wow. So you can use it, yeah. But why can't you just blow out your own candles? 
Well, it's... it's, it's <laughs> that's, that's not the spirit that, you know, conquered the American frontier, is it? <laughs> let's do things the way we've done them in the past. No, let's make the phone app do it. Let's make the phone app conquer the American <laughs> frontier for us. We did say in the past that when you blow out candles on a cake, it puts loads of germs all over the cake, so it's uh, a bad thing to do. You don't Very think that's covered in germs? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did read there was a study of um, 3,500 swabs taken from people's phones, and they found nine unstudied branches of bacterial life, <laughs> including many species of bacteria that were unknown to science. Wow. Um, they found one uh, species of Edwards bacteria that had only previously been known in an underground water aquifer, and another one that was only found previously in abandoned gold mines. Wow. Ooh. And they're just on your phone. That's amazing. Isn't it? Like, that's quite nice, in a way. Yeah, I feel nice. like I'm harboring interesting things. Oh, yeah. We all feel that. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It is kind of nice in a way, but we don't know whether how safe it is. Like, no, I guess. Like, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, do you know the word fly? For your zip? Oh, for anything. Yeah, fly. Do you know what the word fly originally meant? Oh. Did it mean a zip? Did it mean the insect? Or did it mean to fly around or looking, somewhere? Or looking cool. Oh, looking cool. <laughs> There's four options. Which one do you think came first? I'd guess to fly. To fly the as verb, in the yeah, verb, yeah. yeah. Well, weirdly enough, it was the insect that came first. And then it came to mean, like, flapping your wings or flapping things. And then it came to mean flying as in the verb to fly. Hmm. Uh, and the reason that you have a fly on your trousers, the fly is not the zipper. It's the bit that covers the zipper. And that's because it kind of flaps in the wind like the front of a tent. So where you have the zipper of a tent, you have a little bit of cloth and that flaps in the wind. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was named a fly because it flaps. And then the front of your trousers was named a fly because it looks like the front of a tent. So tents came before trousers? Before flies were named, yeah. Well, that in itself is a very exciting fact. <laughs> Do you not think? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm aroused. <laughs> <laughs> I found a couple of new apps that are launched... Well, one new app that's launched this summer, which is quite exciting. I've actually got it on my phone now, so I can answer questions about it. It's uh -huh. called Text with Jesus. Oh, lovely. And oh, yeah. it's recreated our Lord as, um, as a chat GPT guy. And wow. you, can, you, can write, you can ask questions, and, and he'll answer you. Um, and you get lots of people. You get Jesus, Moses, the Virgin Mary, uh, Abraham's nephew, Lot... Um, you get, oh, sorry, the, also, was he the one who got turned into a pillar of salt? That was Lot's wife, I oh, think. Was it? But you can ask Lot, what was it like when your wife was turned into a pillar of salt? And it's, uh, basically, they write back quite convincing answers. Wow. They're quite, they're quite realistic. Got any examples? Hang on, I have to dig out. Sorry, because I have been chatting to them. Um, um, <laughs> like Mary Magdalene costs two ninety nine a month because um, like, various people are locked on the thing, so you can't access. How much is Jesus? Know, uh, Jesus is free. Jesus wow. is part of the package. That's a good um, message. Wow. Jesus is free. Of the, apostle, <laughs> of the apostles, only Peter is free and everyone else is locked. Wow. Um, get John the Baptist, Abraham. Is there Judas on there? Judas Iscariot is on there. How much? Uh, he's... <laughs> oh, 30 pieces of silver! <laughs> hey, oh, don't get so much Judas material these days, do you? Um, <laughs> um, I, I chatted a bit to Job. Oh, yeah. oh, God, is he having a tough time of it, I guess? <laughs> Here's when he's chatting to me. <laughs> that legendary patience is, coming, is wearing very thin. <laughs> he's finally given up on God now, hasn't he? By, also, by, when you look at the messages, he's written quite a lot. That's a joke. That's a joke. Oh, that's a joke. Joke's is a single line answer. And he's just like a... <laughs> And it's like 10 lines <laughs> per message. My opening gambit with Job was, what Job should I get? Ha, ha, ha. Sunglasses emoji. Job replied, ha, ha, I see what you did there. Well, <laughs> and then gets into some detail replying. Yeah, Hang anyway. On, who is... Is that all the long message? Is that Job? Long message, Andy? No, the long message was Job. I'm not writing an essay to Job. <laughs> What does Job think of the podcast? Can you ask? I can ask, yeah. Yeah, do that live and let's, let's find out. Also, can you ask Job why he's so clingy? <laughs> as an ancient figure, I must admit that I'm not familiar with modern podcasts like No Such Thing as a Fish. Oh, modern. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's going on the poster. <laughs> it's, it's no, my dad wrote a porno, of course. But... Is that why he 
he spoke seriously? Uh, no, that's not what he said seriously. He says, from what I gather, this is what it is, and they discuss interesting and unusual facts. Um, podcasts like these can be great for expanding your knowledge, discovering fascinating tidbits, and even sparking curiosity. <laughs> if you enjoy learning new things... Don't laugh sarcastically at that. <laughs> If you enjoy learning new things in an entertaining way, it sounds like no such thing as a fish could be right up your alley. Nice. Of course, everyone's taste is different. <laughs> okay, that's it. That is all of our facts. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with any of us about the things that we've said over the course of this podcast, we can be found on our Twitter accounts. I'm on at Schreiberland, James. At James Harkin. Andy. At Andrew Hunter M. And Lou. At Lou Sanders. We think. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I don't know what my Twitter <laughs> name is. But also you looked at me like that was incorrect and I trust you more than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how low my self-esteem is. <laughs> Or you can go to our group account, which is at no such thing, or our website, no such thing as a fish.com. All of our previous episodes are there, so do check them out. Of course, definitely, definitely pick up Lou's amazing new book, What's That Lady do Doing? doing? Yeah. Yeah, uh, out in bookshops now or online. And uh, do check out all of our previous episodes. They are on no such thing as a fish.com. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. We so appreciate it. That was really fun. We'll see you again another time. That's the end of our Soho run. Uh, that's it. This is, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully, play here again but until then we'll see you around goodbye <laughs>